1: Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. It's starting, it's starting. I'm a fan of classic movies.
2: Hello and welcome to Overlapping Dialogue, a podcast of audio commentaries dedicated to discussing cinema that fascinates us in a way we hope fascinates you. We're your co-hosts, Kyle and Levi Huffman. I'm Kyle. And I'm Levi. And today, uh, first of all, let's just say we hope you uh, really enjoyed our Siriana episode. (laughs) The numbers are through the roof right now uh, on that one. Um, That's sarcasm, by the way. Uh, They're not really. But go check that out if you haven't yet. (laughs) Anyways, we're gonna go back to the. We're gonna get. Our, we're gonna hop in our old DeLorean. And we're gonna. We're gonna go back in time with nineteen eighty fours. 16 Candles. Not Back to the Future, by the way. No. But we may get to that eventually. We'll see. Maybe. Levi, yeah. not a big fan. Maybe.
3: I mean, it's all right,
2: but whatever. It's all right. I'm not a big fan. I, well, it's all right, but whatever. That's going to be yeah. on the blurb of the new 4K Back um, to the Future release. <laughs> Levi awesome. Huffman, overlapping dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Um, So, we're going to be talking about 16 Candles, which um we know is a huge pivot from what we just yeah. talked about last week with Siriana. Yeah. Well, but we like to keep it light and fresh here on the pod. We like to, you know, mix it up a little bit. You know, yeah. You know, do a little bit of
3: off roading ourselves. If and yeah, again, oh, if yes. you heard the seriana pod, you, you understand the concept of off roading. At this in point. fact, we're not going to define it here right now because we're going to force you to go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't. So. Yeah. So go do that. So
2: sixteen candles. Um, we talk. Uh, you know, we'll talk about him here in a little bit. I think we're. I think it's safe to say we're both fans of John Hughes, yep. and a lot of his. I mean, he's so tied up and known in the '80s. Um, and we're going to talk about what all that Yeah, drill bit Taylor a little bit later. Drill bit you know? Taylor, yeah. I mean, that was a later <laughs> Owen Wilson vehicle. Not that I've
3: seen it, but <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Was that his last film he's ever so, credited as because he on passed or? away, I think, pretty soon. Yeah, so, uh, Levi, why don't you run through some of the details uh, right. for this movie? Well, uh, 1984, American coming-of-age comedy. This is uh, John Hughes' directorial debut. Before this, he had written uh, for the Vacation films um, and had spent a lot of time at National Lampoon. We might talk about that a little bit later, but... Um, The basic plot of the movie, it's pretty simple actually, um, is about Molly Ringwald, saint, you know, all that. We love love Molly Ringwald. Um, That she uh, turned 16. 16 Um, candles. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Peaches and cream. You know, that that whole deal. 8, 9, 10. 11, 12, 13. 14, 15. 16. Like, she made it. She made it there. And her family forgets that it's her birthday because her sister's getting married. Um, and they're having the whole, like, uh, her family's coming in there, her grandparents who are real annoying are in there, um, you know, that whole thing. But she's in love with this Matt Dillon-looking dude mm-hmm. who isn't Matt Dillon. Yeah, it's too bad it wasn't. Yeah, yeah I, we're not going to have many good things Yeah, today. I mean, he,
2: he's already grieving over motorcycle boy at this right. point from Rolling um, fish,
3: but. but... anyway, she's in love with this, uh, you know, typical jock guy, um... And, but she's afraid to tell him. And he's also interested in her. And maybe he wants to take her to prom or something. I don't recall exactly. But, oh, they can't get together. And the geek. The that geek. good old geek. <laughs> played by Anthony Michael Hall. Who has a thing for Ringwald. And has all these things about wanting to get her panties. Do his stuff. Yeah. Show that he's a cool man, you know. Yeah. Radical dude. Yeah. And, uh, anyway... Uh, and so he, you know, is, like, trying to get them together in the end, and the movie kind of devolves halfway through into an Animal House scum fest, I mean, you know, and then it kind of comes out of that at the end, and it's like, what what movie is this? Anyway... Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the problems of the movie. Well, yeah, and let's say, first of all, as fans of John Hughes and a lot of these movies, we don't think this movie's any good. No. Now, I actually like it. I think it's kind of, I think it's funny and stupid and I enjoy it, but, but I know a lot of people really love this movie. Yeah. Um, which, you know, whatever. Yeah. Which we'll kind of talk about that later, about. Yeah. That, why that might be. But as far as the cast, Molly Ringwald, of course, um, who the next year would, of course, be in Breakfast Club. Uh, she being pretty in pink what, as was well. Pretty in pink was that 85 or 86? I think that's 86, but I'm not okay. totally sure about that. Let me yeah. find out. But
2: I, I mean, you know, her stardom unfortunately didn't yeah, really 86. exist beyond the 80s. Now she still worked, and I think she was most recently has been on um, uh, Riverdale as Archie's uh-huh. mother, which is obviously kind of some stuff right. metacasting in some ways. Because something like Archie, or, or Riverdale, excuse mm-hmm. me, is already playing with kind of 80s nostalgia tropes and stuff yeah. anyways. Uh, but anyway, she's so great in these movies. Yeah. And it's no, and shes
3: of, I think she's really good in this. Yeah, Because that's part of the problem, is it becomes not about Molly Ringwald. Well, to, at to that, that point, point also, I mean, one of the things
2: that holds it up to the extent that in which it may be okay right. is her in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's right. anchored by her performance. So, even in the weaker moments of the film, of which there are many, and we'll yeah. go through. Um, yeah. She's always there to ground it in its own wow. way, even though the movie itself is faltering. But we'll yeah. talk about that as we go um, through. And
3: we'll talk about her in the sense later of uh, her article that she wrote about The Breakfast Club specifically, but her relationships to these movie in general. Uh, we're going to talk about that later. Justin Henry, I don't know why he's this high on the Wikipedia cast list, but it's her brother in the movie, the, okay. the younger brother who was the Kramer versus Kramer kid. Oh, right, right. Not, not a whole lot to say about him other than that he's really great in that Didn't, movie. Uh, and Pauline really Kale
2: said he's, uh, in her review of this that he uh, looks like Stephen King or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't this. remember
3: exactly how he looks in this. We'll have to see about that, but yeah. Uh, Michael Shoffling, I guess is how you say it, as Jake Ryan. Um, also, we should say that her name was Samantha Sam Baker in this okay. film. So, just to remember that. And then Mike Baker, if we cared about the Kramer versus Kramer kid, that's his name. Um... But yeah, Jake Ryan, the typical nothing burger man. Yeah. uh, You know, kind of similar to, uh, oh, I can't remember that guy's name that was in, I'll find it here in a minute, Kevin McCarthy or something similar to that that was in uh, Pretty in Pink as kind of the main guy. And then he was, that guy, that guy's also in like movies as, as vaulted as Mannequin. And I believe he was in... Uh, well, he was, he was also in St. Elmo's Fire because that's one of the first things I think of him. But And then uh, Weekend at Bernie's, I think he's in too. And anyway, and Less Than Zero. But anyway... Uh, oh, he's less than zero. The, he's, right. be, he's way better in that movie than this yeah. guy is in this movie. But they're kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's way more of a character in that movie. This guy's just nothing, yeah. or whatever. We'll move on. We'll trash him the whole movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> Haviland Morris, who I believe is, his, is Caroline... Mulford, who I believe is his girlfriend in the movie, um, and there's a whole thing with her and the geek Anthony mm-hmm. Michael Hall that is uh, basically the date rape sequence that we'll talk yeah. about later. Um, and I don't remember her a lot in this movie, which is probably part of the problem. Getty Wantanabi is Long Duck Dong. Yeah. What do we have to say about Long um, Duck Dong? Nothing good. Nothing against nothing <laughs> the actor yeah. really. There's no. a
2: good little NPR article we read. Yeah. It's published a few years ago now. It was about the was about whole, 10 years um, ago, actually. Yeah. But, which is interesting that they were talking about it even that far yeah, back. But, uh, yeah. I feel like one of the stereotypes or most memorable aspects of this movie is that character. Yeah. Uh And
3: he's, what, a foreign exchange student, right? Yeah, man? he's a foreign exchange student that they're, they've accepted in. And I don't remember who it was that said this, but one of the reviews is like, majoring in partying or something. Yeah. I don't think that's what it is in the movie, obviously. But, like, that, yeah. I mean, it's... Every time he enters, there's a gong. Yeah, not good. Sexy girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, all that and I, uh, you know nonsense. You know,
2: Ringwald mentioned this in her article, uh, and other people have said it many other times that you know, when you think of John Hughes and his movie, you know, all his movies, they're also concerned with like white suburbia. Yeah, and I feel like he gets that pretty well as far as with class as uh, Ringwald also put it in that. But at the same time, or no, the Salon article, I think he yeah. said something about that. Um, but at the same time, it's like, well, maybe you should just totally stick to what you know because, first of all, his movies are so monochromatic or mono-racial in the sense that yeah. they're so white. And the few instances of race that enter his movies, and it should be said this is his very first yeah. movie, mm-hmm. is of Long Duck Dong and this and of course, he deserves a lot of blame for this. Yeah. But in general, we've talked about this a lot over the course of the '80s. There's just a lot of bad. Uh, Gremlins is another stereotypes. One of these, yeah. Another movie we quite like. Well, we yeah. have quite like yeah. that. And we actually think that's good. At least. And
3: and this um, actor Getty Watanabe is actually in Gremlins 2: The New Batch. Is that? photographer guy Oh, that's right. Too. That's so, right,
2: yeah. Yeah. So, um, the 80s in general have a lot of really bad um, specifically Asian uh, stereotyping
3: in those movies. And Big Trouble in Little China is another movie I love, but it's kind of part of that too.
1: A yeah,
2: bit, and know, I guess to just put that part in of it historical is. I mean, context, America's yeah. still in the grips of getting over
3: Vietnam at this point. I think also, um, my theory on that too, I don't know if this is true or not, is that in the 80s, specifically Japan, but also China, a lot of these countries were really commercializing themselves and it was in the 80s that they were making a lot of technology that it was becoming at that point it was very much uh you know beginning to have competition with the united states um so my own kind of, like i said my own kind of theory about that is maybe part of that mm-hmm. too yeah. but like i said especially vietnam i think too that um which does, does but, it say in the movie where he's from see I guess he's I think he would be Chinese but yeah let me make but sure. obviously to most
2: American audience they would have in a whole it's all they're all the same attitude watching this which is obviously yeah. retrograde, retrograde and awful in its own way yeah. but um it, it might say in the movie I just can't quite I'm remember. trying to um, remember
3: well he is of Japanese ancestry. Okay, so maybe he is supposed to be ja- That's Japanese. the thing. It's it's just so vague and kind of. Well, that's the Basically, thing. basically on this racist. It's all this like,
2: orientalism. Yeah. the gong sound. Oh, he's Asian funny man. Like it's just yeah. all very crass right. and. Um, there's a lot of bad things about this movie. Uh, that would be towards the top of the list for me. Yeah, because. A lot of the date rape um, misogyny that's in the movie is, frankly, also soaked in the 80s. Not just the 80s, but in a lot of eras before that. That's not a unique uh, problem. And so, as bad as that is, and it is bad, I don't necessarily pin that all on this movie. But to take the time to insert this character that does not need to be in the movie and to make it a joke. And that's the majority um, of the
3: comedy people get from the movie. Like As an example, I... I can talk about this later, but there, when I saw this movie the, for the first time, it was actually around the time that Ringwald article came out in April 2018, specifically. I was watching through some of these movies for the first time. I'd already seen The Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller and some other things, but I saw this. I saw Weird Science. I saw uh, St. Elmo's Fire. I saw um, Uncle Buck, Pretty in Pink. A lot of those around the same time. I just kind of got hankering to watch all these. But um, this specifically with... I kind of lost the thread while I was bringing this up, but I think specifically with Weird Science, too, as far as the misogyny, I mean, that movie, and I really like that movie quite a bit, and I think it's actually good, but it's literally about boys making a woman to fantasize about. So that in itself, I think, shows how baked into that a lot of this misogyny was in these movies, and that doesn't make it right at all, but it's less shocking, I guess, to see the... the Asian stereotype thing—that's just, like I said, that's a, that's a actually a pattern I've noticed over the last so many years. But when I first saw this, I was just so shocked by it. I was like, "What is this nonsense?" I mean, yeah, let's know.
2: let's run through the cast real quick because right. I don't want us to get yeah. too caught up in anyway, these conversations because we're going to talk. Uh, about Anthony later.
3: Michael Hall, the geek, the geek. I Does mean, he have any other name in the movie? Fr- Ted or okay, cause Farmer of... Ted. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means, but um, yeah, I mean Anthony Michael Hall is great. I mean, Dark Knight, you know, very uh, memorable newscaster for us. Keep rolling, Sam, yeah. Uh, No, I mean, he's really good in pretty much all these. I think he's especially good in Breakfast Club. I mean, Breakfast Club's kind of the height of everybody in that. Um, But, yeah. Although
2: Judd Nelson in New Jack (laughs) City, you know.
3: (laughs) The Cash Money Brothers. The Cash Money Brothers. Yeah, Yeah. Paul Dooley and Carl and Glenn are the parents. Don't remember a whole lot about them. There's, like, one scene between the dad and... And uh Ringwald that's kinda alright, but yeah. uh where he actually remembers, oh I guess it is your birthday, isn't it? Like Yeah, right. Dummy. Anyway. <laughs> um, and then Blanche Baker is Jenny Baker. Oh, oh she played a Baker. Huh. There that's funny. Anyway, she's the sister who's getting married. Right. One other thing I have to say about that um is that I'm trying to remember that guy's name uh he was the guy that was the like, yeah, this guy John Kapilos, um, who was also the um, janitor in Breakfast Club. Right, yeah. I think he's the guy that she's getting married to. I'm pretty sure. I well, might be misremembering I think that. I, I think but I there's a lot of like that. Italian stereotypes with that too, because they're like vaguely a mafia family, right. and they're getting married by the Reverend Brian Doyle Murray in the movie. Okay. Don't forget who you know, Brian Dole Murray. We'll talk about him in another Chicago time because he's yeah. just so great, you know, but anyway, we don't have time for that now. Um, Edward Andrews is the grandpa, Billy Bird as the grandma. There's some scenes with them where they're like, oh, she's got boobies now or whatever, or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, then there's other grandparents, Carol Cook and Max Showalter. Maybe it's them that did the boobie thing. I don't know. Yeah. Because I forgot there were two sets of grandparents. Yeah. But who cares? Anyway. Um, let I guess it's Lane Curtis or Lynn Curtis is Randy. Um let's see here. Anyway, I don't remember her a whole lot in the movie, but John Cusack I remember in the movie. Yep. Yeah. A little bit. Um he was one of the friends of uh oh Lord, uh of the geek. Yeah. You know, the the ruler. And it should geek.
2: be said, uh somebody like John Cusack being in this is interesting because um Hughes is gonna be so caught up in defining this certain era of eightiesness and eighties teen movies. And Cusack is later gonna be in Say Anything, which is kind of a later brat pack movie of sorts. That's by Cameron Crowe who wrote that right. kind of and so that's yeah. not Huge related, but he's almost a bridge between a certain yeah. eras kinda of between Also these. John
3: Cusack is also in this movie. Uh I think she's that girl that has like the overbite or something and or like a neck brace yeah. on there's some there's like there's multiple people with like neck braces or something yeah. in this movie too, which is really strange. Yeah. I think
2: uh, John Cusack very famously also later in the eighties, uh broadcast news. She's the girl wow. who works for the news there's having mm-hmm. to run the tape to get on oh, time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's pretty much
3: everybody. I mean, there's a couple other people, but uh but anyway so
2: yeah john hughes that's obviously the name yeah. that's going to dominate this conversation um as you said I, I think me you a lot of people would agree if breakfast club isn't the best it's between that and ferris bueller uh those are the yeah, two that I, are always like towards the top of the I'd heap.
1: probably
3: i'd say my well obviously he wrote home alone which is our, would be our favorite thing he's had yeah. anything to do with but that yeah i think that ferris bueller i might like sl- only slightly more but i think the breakfast club is one of those movies that and, and ringwald said this we'll talk about it later is for all its little faults is still so foundational um and just such a big deal of a movie uh that still really is so effective now um and I've i loved it the first time I saw it and it, it's yeah still I mean really I think it is I mean. like um
2: there's a we're soaked in 80s nostalgia we have yeah. been for a while I think that is one of the a handful of 80s movies that are, quote, nostalgia movies that truly actually does hold yeah. up as a great yeah. film. Um, I mean, that still feels like... I mean, teenagers have changed, of course, since mm-hmm. the 1980s, but that feels largely still true in terms of a lot of the um, clicks and stereotypes that that movie plays with and tries to break down. Yeah. I feel like it's still largely true. And more than anything, the movie is just so quotable, has yeah. so many lines that we can all laugh about at length.
0: Bender! 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 What is this? What are you doing here? What is this? Hot. Out! That's it, Bender. Out! It's over! do anyone hear my excuse? Out! I'm thinking of trying out for a scholarship! Give me the ball, Bender. Give me that
2: ball. You know, a great many a great deal of yeah. lines. Uh so um Again, I think The Breakfast Club stands as kind of his best film because it's a kind of a it's a fun teen movie, but it's like about some really serious things. Ferris Bueller is just one of the great pop cinema creations yeah, I think that exists. What
3: I'll say quickly about Ferris Bueller: I saw that I was probably in late elementary school. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I remember it aired on like Nickelodeon one yeah. Friday night, and that was the first of his films other than Home Alone yeah. that I had seen. And it just totally blew me away even at that age because it, you know, I mean, it's not like it's the most adult movie of all time or anything, but I was like, oh, this is a movie, you know. It's just so unabashedly um, cinematic. And I still think about seeing that for the first time and just being like, you can do this as a movie? And it, it just, it really is. And it's a pretty, you know, mainstream movie and everybody's seen it and it's not that big of a deal, I guess. But like just at a young age, that movie in particular made an impression on me that, has lasted and and it's and it's not the most you know perfect movie either. It has its little problems. Yeah, but, but it, it's, it it largely
2: you know, holds up. And so yeah. I think those two kind of sit on a Mount Everest. And let's just get this out of the way about Home Alone. As Levi said, Home Alone's personally our favorite of his movies. Yeah. He wrote it. He didn't direct right. it. it. Should be said, yeah. Chris Columbus. Uh, not the fourteen ninety two, Chris Columbus. Not that. Uh, not
3: that other complicated yeah. figure of history. But, yeah, yeah, but far uh, more complicated than these other people. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Maybe but, not even complicated. Maybe just negative. Yeah, Let's yeah, just go ahead and yeah, say yeah, but, by far. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're huge
2: fans of <laughs> yeah. Home Alone, and I think what works about that movie is, in terms of not being quote problematic, is how stripped down that movie is. It's yeah, literally it's mostly very, about a kid elemental. all by himself. Yeah. Uh, and and simple. it has you know, you know, I, I don't not really know. I guess it has some gender dynamics in terms of the mom being the one who's going after him to find him I am again. Tired and I am dirty. Yeah, but <laughs> Catherine O'Hara crushes yeah, it in that yeah. movie we love her. But um that movie just feels so like it it just stands alone in its own way and just doesn't have a lot of the problems we're gonna be talking about yeah. with these other ones, in part because for one thing, it's mostly one character's by himself, uh, for a good chunk yeah. of the movie. Um, and so, frankly, just
3: when somebody the rest isolated, of the family you know, looks stupid, so it's not like right. there's any complications there or anything, or you know, and, and also that the robbers themselves—I mean, they're criminals. There's not, you know, so right. it's like, yeah, it's a pretty elemental movie that there's not really a whole lot to be wrong with it, right? You know, so, so yeah. just put that off to the right. side. But then we go down a notch. I
2: feel like when we look at some of these other ones, and some of them are actually good to okay yeah. to middling, but um, I think. Again, we've been dancing around. Let's yeah. just introduce it now. Molly Ringwald wrote an excellent piece for The New Yorker um, a few years ago. I think it was like only th- it was 2018, 2018, I believe. Yeah, because it was April. Um, th-
3: that's what's so funny about it. It was April of 2018 when I was watching through a lot of these movies for the first time, some of these that I hadn't seen. Uh, about so, re-watching The Breakfast Club in 2018, 30-plus yeah. years
2: removed from when it first came out with her daughter. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought that was interesting to talk yeah. about. Uh and I think she, had, I think this was all in some ways prompted. Also, the Criterion Collection, uh-huh, which yeah. uh, we're both huge uh, sponsors yeah. of and own mm-hmm. plenty of, uh, put it out um, around that time. And so she used that as an opportunity to watch this film with her uh, her daughter. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, it's one of those things too. i like lo- she might have even written wrote an audio bi- autobiography or memoir. I would love to read Molly Ringwald yeah. talk about her own experience of life because yeah. she does a terrific job outlining a lot of yeah. things, specifically how. She feels conflicted because, of course, watching the movies, these movies, is part of her life. I mean, she yeah. she it's almost a journal of her snapshot of her own life, and she obviously owes a debt of gratitude and expresses as much to John Hughes and what he did for her career yeah. and how he listened to her and how he was this great kind of creative force. Yeah, but also again talks about how a lot of things she maybe wasn't super super conscious of at the time. She's starting to pick up on more now. And part of that I think just is baked into the just absolute misogyny. In many ways we still live with, but it was especially even yeah. worse in the eighties and you could just keep going further back right. and get worse. But um was just so baked into the culture yeah. that yeah. she wouldn't even question some of the things. It does yeah. say certain things she does question right. though. Uh but um she mostly talks about Breakfast Club, but she also talks a little bit about Pretty and Pink and this as well. Um what were the some, as, you know, as a fan of John Hughes, a critical fan, as should yeah. said, what was some of the biggest things you took away from just her outline and some things in that piece Well, about Hughes and yeah. about maybe these movies and well, about her think, function in these movies? Well,
3: I think that one of the big things she talked about was some of the stuff in, I think that, yeah, I think the biggest problem is some of the stuff in Breakfast Club, the idea that her and Bender would get together, her and Judd Nelson's character. Yeah. That he treats her like total garbage the whole movie. Yeah. And that then, by the end, oh, but they get together anyway, and he gets to have his freeze-frame moment, right. which is one of the greatest moments <laughs> in any movie, by the way. I mean, everybody knows yeah. that moment. If you don't, then you've been living under a yeah. rock. But, but that, um, and I think that's interesting because, uh, and I agree, that, and she talked about how, you know, that it took her years to realize, oh, I don't want to be around the men who treat me like garbage, you know, or, yeah. or like that whole thing. Like, that's not something that women really do want, mm-hmm. you know um and that that's just you know uh, like I said a, mis- a thing of misogyny that's in so many of these movies uh, yeah and that and that's inherent in uh that well I'll, I'll say it's not I guess it's not as inherent in this film because the guy as basic and stupid as he is doesn't ever treat her negatively right um he they just don't know how to interact but specifically in pretty and pink one of the problems I have with that and I think that uh the actor is really good I, I'm gonna look his name up. But, um, that he kind of, he treats her bad the whole movie, and then they end up getting together, you know. It's like, why? Yeah. It's just purely because movie convention says this needs to happen Um,
2: more than anything what's being... Yeah. Andrew McCarthy, that's his name.
3: Yeah. Um, like I said, I think he's a pretty good actor, but, you know, like I said, and James Spader in that movie, too, just let me say, he's a total... A-hole, and like, great, great performance. I love yeah. James Spader, but yeah. anyway. But yeah, just like those those people, and then you have somebody like Ducky in that movie, mm-hmm. who she also said was actually heavily modeled off of a childhood friend of hers who actually was gay. Yeah, right. But that the movie didn't even, you know, do that, because to have done that in the 80s, you know, <laughs> that would have been a big deal. I think he's is, coded you know? as such, though. No, he is, and I think that's <coughs> clear. Excuse me. Yeah, but...
1: then he like, is him. kind
2: of, you know... I thought one of the more interesting things she said... God, excuse me. <clears throat> I think one of the more interesting things she said in that whole thing was talking about over the years, all these people who have came in up come up to her and said, oh, this movie saved my life, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was confused by that and said, really, why? And specifically uh, people of color Yeah. or gay people who aren't really represented in these mm-hmm. movies. And it's kind of one of those things that speaks to... Despite Hughes' problems, he did know how to tap into this universality that really spoke to people of color, queer people, uh, women even that aren't super representing this. That he still found a way to tap into that and express that in his writing and in his direction and in his characters in a way that is is a reason why this movie is still being talked about in all these
3: movies today is just because
2: they're of the 80s but in many ways they were the first, quote, teen movies yeah, as well that's, that's that were what I was really, really appealing to teenagers. She
3: said this about this, and I think this is certainly true. She talked about how movies before that that were on these, like... I, they're not this, but they're basically Lifetime movies. Uh, yeah, those ABC the after-school They're, after like, after about, about young people. Yeah. You know, but they're, like, don't... Totally made re- by adults. Yeah, but that these really feel so real in what they are. And, I mean, our mom graduated high school in 1985 and you know um that these are such a part of her life as well um and and i see that and think about that and you really think about yeah these really were the first teen movies yeah and i think and to to talk about our own continuity on this podcast we
2: talked about american graffiti uh you know a while back and i think that is a teen movie but it's in some ways it's made more for a people at that point in their mid to late 20s or early 30s it's yeah. already has this maturity of looking back on this time period right. of course it's a period piece um, and even though John Hughes himself is a, a baby boomer of that baby boom generation of the generation of American graffiti mm-hmm. he's taking some of that youth and idealism and spark and kind of applying that to what is contemporary at that point right. which is the teens of the 80s yeah. you
3: know
0: Yep. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it.
2: This whole notion of cancel culture has been very heavily in the news recently. A lot of the nonsense with Dr. Seuss and... Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. And, you know, we're not going to get well, too far. Pl- let,
3: let me say first about that. It's like, what is What is it quoted from us? Like, let's put childish things to rest yeah. or whatever. It's like, who cares about Dr. Seuss yeah. or Mr. Potato Head? I mean, Dr. Seuss is great and all, but it's like, when we're... Comp- and I get it, you know, those things that are in those books are racist or whatever the problems are with them, I'm not really sure. But also, it should be said that those books specifically are... Uh, not selling well so that's also why they're doing that but um but yeah I mean it's just like certain things it's just like why do we need even care about that being an issue you know cause we got way you know the planet's melting folks like we need to be worrying about other things yeah but,
2: and I'm not gonna get anyway. especially political here yeah. but this is often used as cultural culture war talking points to distract from real actual issues um and so okay what, yeah. you might be thinking what does any of this have to do with Sixteen Candles yeah. or John Hughes right well It's just this whole notion of when people look backwards and say, oh, this thing in a movie is, quote, problematic or, um, you know, doesn't fit our current cultural standards it should be burned at the stake, so to speak, or it should be totally gotten rid of. That would be one thing, one way.
3: And then other people would
2: say, oh, why can't you just have fun, just turn your brain off, just watch the movie, it just is what it is. Just laugh when the
3: gong goes off with Long Duck Dog. And frankly,
2: I I find both of those views objectionable for different reasons. Um, On the one hand, I don't think we should just burn and get rid of any media just because it's uh, insulting to us. I mean, something like Triumph of the Wheel is still shown in film schools. I remember watching it there. Um, first off, I don't even think it's all that great of filmmaking, right. even though it's told to be. But it is important to understand how a piece of propaganda can like um, perpetuate and fuel the rise of an Adolf Hitler. Yeah. right? Something like that, frankly, is far more offensive if you really get down to it than a lot of things that are, quote, controversial or mm-hmm. whatever yeah. today. Um, but it still needs to be cataloged. It still needs to yeah. be categorized. It still needs to be gone back and viewed. I think what's weird about a movie like this is all these problems of misogyny, date rape, um, racial incidents, or like long duck dong is a whole thing, um, or just even some classism that might be in the movie as well, um, are you know we can get all mad at John Hughes, um, but I don't think you really read the box office numbers from earlier. But it was a very successful oh, yeah, film, let me I look believe. Look and see about um, that. We kind of It was over widely that. beloved in the eighties. <coughs> um, so as mad as we can get at John Hughes, we need to understand and acknowledge. That this is a
3: reflection of the time period yeah. in which it was produced. It was uh, made for $6.5 million and made twenty three point six. So it was a financial yeah.
2: success. Yeah, now his other movies I think were even better. Yeah, more, right. Much more than that. But, um, you know, it's reflective of the time period in which it existed. And as people who are amateur or pseudo-historians, mm-hmm. as uh, educators, I feel like I deal with this all the time as, as far as confronting and showing kids things with the past, and oftentimes they kind of can reject that or say, ooh, I don't want to look at that. But it's just a fact of life. It's a part mm-hmm. of the culture, cultural history that needs to be known, needs to be shared. And I think what's weird, again, about these type of movies are
3: that they're ostensibly entertainment. They're about they're, having they're fun. They're pretty benign. That's um, what's so weird about them is that they're pretty benign. It's pretty banal, benign entertainment. This movie, you know, I believe, and, is rated PG. Even, yeah, I think. and it says the F word in it. You know, which point. I don't know I mean, what was going on. In that, I don't either. Uh, at that just time. once. And Molly Ringwald. And it's a pretty funny kind of moment in the movie when she says it. It's, like, uh, it's very early on. Yeah. I think it's literally right before the credits roll. Okay. So, like, if, if I remember correctly, but... Yeah, I mean, but again, yeah, I think that's what makes
2: yeah. them weird is that like uh, they're supposed to be. I think something like Breakfast Club is aspiring for something a little more, but like a lot of these movies are supposed to be like very oh fun, you yeah. know, candy candy colored entertainment of the time. And so to watch that now and understand, oh, this is meant to be just purely a big entertainment, and then it also has these things. Yeah, again, tells us a lot, frankly, about the audiences of the '80s. Um, and. It's a lot easier to point the finger at John Hughes and say John Hughes is the problem, and yeah. in some ways he was for certain things. But also, this this movie played all across the country to massive audiences, laughed, yeah. you know, people laughed and enjoyed it and took it in. So I mean, it's it's a lot harder to point at. Um, what the 80s in America was. I'm not yeah. just trying to make it about the 80s, yeah. but just the, co- well, the country in general was at that time laughing at yeah. this, having a great time with it. And it is an entertaining yeah. movie, but that's just something that I feel like, again, as someone who is very, very sympathetic and empathetic towards a lot of people who have a lot of problems with this movie and would frankly think it never needs to be shown or exists, it does need to be shown to exist, but also it doesn't need to be maybe celebrated as much no. as it had in the past. And also, maybe where I fall down. Yeah, on
3: that. and the, specifically, I'll say the critics quite liked it too, and they didn't really have as big of a problem
2: with the stuff. Well, of the even movie Kale, who yeah. we read from Pauline Kale, the New Yorker, um, she was critical of the movie, but was more just like this is kind of dumb and surface level yeah. and silly almost. But recognized, more
3: oh, thing. but Hughes has something going on, I but. guess. Like, yeah, and I mean. So that's what I'm saying. It's, you know, I, I we keep saying like, it was the '80s, yeah. And that's not saying it's a good. I'm saying that that's a bad thing. Like you know, not to make the '80s look like the worst thing ever. Because we're about to talk about the '80s in general yeah. here in a moment. But then I mean, you know, nobody was liberal as they should have been. Yeah. Even the liberal. The I mean, it, Re- Re- Yeah. You know, Reagan was running the country. I mean, you know, not to like I said, not to make it too political. But I mean, the the uh, you know. The pop culture and just general cultural standards of the '80s were so out of whack. It's baffling, really, to go back and look. And s- really, that's what like you're all right with these things and not all right with that. And it's it's very interesting. Uh, and that's why I think what I want to say about this idea, the cultures thing, is we've we've been watching here recently. We bought some of those like Warner Archive. Blu-rays of these old shorts. Yeah, and before, it's some Popeye stuff. And Tex Avery. Tex Avery stuff. And before each of those, it, all, it says this little thing when Disclaimer. you put the Blu-ray in. It says something about these were made. Basically, it's saying these were made a long time ago. They have a lot of things in them that aren't good. Um, but I think they said something like, but to... You know erase these would to act like these prejudices never existed or yeah. these problems never existed so I feel like 16 candles in a way is is good for some a pop culture historian or just a historian in general to go and look and say this is what people thought was funny then and it's changed since then yeah and there are still some things in it that we can find that maybe you're good or not there's less good to find in this and also like like we've said the movie's problematic. But the movie's also just not good, yeah. frankly, at all. Really, there are portions of it that are good, like Ringwald, or and I think my Anthony Michael Hall's all about good in anything, anyway, you know. But that the movie itself just doesn't work as the structure and what it is, and its its focus is so all over the place that it just doesn't work. Right. Um, and, but, uh, and then it has all those other things heaped on top of it. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah.
2: when we talk about the 80s in general, I feel like John Hughes is one of those first big names that come up. And when you just think of 80s cinema,
3: you know, water pistol to your head, what are the first things that come to your mind? Well, the first thing's Back to the Future, usually, but the second one is probably The Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller's Day Off, or... or... Weird science, even stuff like I mean, uh, I mean, John
2: Hughes really came to but, define
3: kind of this pop 80s aesthetic in a lot yeah. of ways. I think of ET, I
0: think mm-hmm. of a lot of the
2: Amblin stuff as well, the Star Wars um, films that were made in the 80s, yeah. And um, I mean, in the again, we're so awash in 80s pop culture, which was, uh, I don't know, I don't want to go off totally just bashing it for no reason. Mm-hmm. Ready Player One right now because yeah. I can do maybe do that another time, but um, you know, we're at a point now where the 80s are really celebrated and they're kind of seen through this historical lens, and oh. Wouldn't it be cool to go back then and live through all that again? Um, And I've kind of, you know, personally been of an awareness for some time. It's just also the more movies you watch, um, the more you start to find other aspects of it. And I've been really more obsessed, really, with the last few years with a lot of 80s independent cinema of the time, like uh, a lot of Jim Jarmusch, Vim Vendors. Emergence of Spike Lee also. Yeah. There's a lot of really great movies made in the 80s and a lot of dramas that have really fell through the cracks. And I feel as though, and this happens with any time period, I guess, things just get boiled down to a boilerplate stereotype or cliche yeah. of the hair, the fashion, or the music yeah, that's of what, what a saying. time period yeah. is. And I feel like that's... John Hughes, um, while his movies are really good, have just come to be that time capsule. Uh-huh. Specific. And it should also be said, I think one of the reasons these movies endure... Is because at this point now the the kids who lived through the eighties are now the parents of mm-hmm. today and are yeah. now also perpetuating that kind right. of uh, that whole eightiesness, you yeah. know, uh, with <clears throat> their yeah. children or having their children be vaguely aware of it and being oh nostalgic for periods in which they
3: themselves didn't ever right. exist in, you know, yeah, yeah, and eighties is a the eighties is a decade has grown on me as far as pop culture, but it's also because you got to find other pop and i think overall the general pop culture was pretty good i mean uh you have some of these movies that are good with music i think about music a lot especially with the 80s i mean a lot uh you know genesis was making music then and peter gabriel and uh uh, the cure and talking talking heads and i mean you know there's all kinds of great music but what i was gonna say especially is you know when we think about this sounds like a tangent but when we talk about, when people think of, like, rock and roll now, like, you think, of like, as an example, you have, like, on Big Brother, yeah, the TV show, they'll have, like, a competition that's like, let's rock out with Otev, the whole yeah. Otev. If you don't know what Otev is, don't look it up. Or do. Or whatever. Or waste or do. Your time, You got yeah. free will, haven't you? Ziggy Pop once said. Yeah. Um, but. But as he also once said, Metallica <laughs> sucks in <the laughs> yeah. days, so, I mean. That's you know. what I'm getting at. Yeah. Here. Um what? But you see, oh, like, oh, let's, let's rock out, and it's that, you know, guitar crap. That whole idea has really come from the 80s with hair metal. We got to the point where rock and roll became hair metal. Yeah. In pop culture. Or you see those commercials of, like, uh, scratch-off tickets. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, uh, rock music, and it's this one type of thing, and it's like, that's what I'm saying. is like We got to the point in the 80s where that became such a big thing like with Bon Jovi or Def Leppard or Motley Crue and all that, you know, trash. Yeah. And it is and, trash. And it is trash. I want to make that clear. Yeah. I'm not going to go back. Totally like, if concur. you like it, sorry, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. But then you you <laughs> listen to more music at that time. Especially, I mean, my favorite band ever is Sonic Youth, and they were yeah. making music then. Or, like we said, Talking Heads or, um, you know, all kinds of... Or Yola Tango was making music. I mean, all kinds of bands and, and musicians that are great. And that's what I'm saying. you got to kind of find those things like, like Jarmusch or uh, David Lynch making movies during that time or, um, you know, all kinds of people. And and that's what you really have to realize eventually is that what the pop culture of the time is obviously is not totally reflective of the whole culture, but even in itself, I still find, other than music, most I mean, I find most 80s pop music to actually be better yeah. The, or pop rock at least, but the general sense of rock music was heavy metal and hair metal and everything. But in general, I still find the 80s to be, well, you know, well for all its faults, like, I've liked it the more I've thought about yeah, it over the years. Yeah, I do
2: find know. it inferior to the decades on either side of yeah. it, the no, 70s definitely. or the 90s. And it should be yeah. said for the 90s for me, I do feel nostalgia for yeah. I lived through, I wasn't a full consciousness through most yeah. of the 90s, but... I do have a soft spot I had no for that. No consciousness
3: of the nineties, but yeah, yeah, I guess. But I still love it. But though,
2: um, yeah. yeah, and I think you know, I feel like the eighties was a decade in which, um, again, it's so indicative of these shoes movies. It was a time of kind of it's the best of times and worst of times. Yeah. It was a time of yeah. great privilege yeah. for a lot of people. Um, but a time of a lot of great pain for other people. If yep. you weren't white Anglo-Saxon right. Protestant, because that's what I was going to say a minute like, ago. It's
3: like, I would want to go back to the '80s. I'm like, oh, you mean a time when like you know AIDS was ravaging the country and nobody cared, and black, uh, you know, all kinds of minorities were being arrested on the, for, during the war on drugs for minor charges, and and we were just living in a in a world where. Well, you know yeah. all these political problems overseas we were dealing with. Like, oh yeah, I want to go. I want to go live in that. That's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, but uh, and that could be said for any you know, time. Right. Period. And that, time yeah, period that, that's its, not like, just the '80s. You know, I mean, it would suck to live any time in general. Well, but, even now. Even yeah. In many ways. <laughs> it um, sucks to be alive.
2: Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah. I think it's very interesting. We might end it here uh, before we move on. Uh, yeah. I think it's very interesting you said Back to the Future was your kind of indicative 80s yeah. movie. I, I would put it up there really highly for me as well. Yeah. And I actually do genuinely, truly love Back
3: to the Future. I know you no, love like it. No, and like, I do. Yeah. Let me put on the record. I do actually like the movie. I just didn't grow up watching it and watched it and was like, yeah, it's good, and but, kind of moved on. But, I think you yeah. actually made a point without
2: maybe even truly knowing you were making it yeah. when you said that is because that movie actually mostly takes place in the 1950s. Yeah. That most of the movie yeah. is this time travel movie that takes place in the 50s And usually we go through 30-year cycles of if you go back, you pull back the clock, whenever era, people are nostalgic for this time period of 20, 30, 40 years ago, depends. And the 80s in general was a huge nostalgia wash to the 50s by that point. Um, And it was a lot of, let's go back to the 50s. That's essentially I mean, what the stray president cat
3: strut was made in the eighties. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess so. <laughs> but
2: like, I mean, you know, the yeah. president himself um, was indicative of another time period, yeah. and really, I mean, one New of his rockney uh, all american you know, his uh, on his slogans he ran on in nineteen eighty was uh, "Let's make America great again." That was a slogan huh. that he yeah. ran on. Then I think I've heard um, that before and, somewhere. Uh, yeah. And so it was a lot of "Let's let's paper over Vietnam, let's paper over Watergate." Let's just turn back the clock and let's just be white people. Is essentially yeah, the yeah. '80s and the. Well, the oh, and the whole family like,
3: values was such a big part of the '80s politically. Yeah. like I said, the you know anti LGBT stuff and and. Uh, you know, the war on drugs and all those things were very very much indicative of domestic policy yeah, in the Yeah, and it should
2: be said that um, a guy we've talked about already on here, Steven Spielberg's another one of those names that really defined a lot of the 80s yeah. aesthetic either between Raiders of the Lost Ark, which it should be said itself was set in the 30s. Right. Um, but E.T., I mean, uh, his, you know, him, Amblin, and then in his own way, Zemeckis as well, yeah. and then mm-hmm. also Hughes, I would say they're some of the biggest names. Yeah, But that, I don't know, just to me... Um, to be the, I guess, the hipster contrarian. Um, It's just a lot of the 80s pop culture that for me recently has really struck a chord is the things that want to try to disconnect or try to hold, in its own way, a mirror up to what the time period was, whether it be Stranger Than Paradise, whether it be Do the Right Thing, things that are just like very in your, either in your face or very Jim Jarmusch-esque not in your face, intentionally not in your face about what the time period was and represented. And they're not just purely about the time periods in which they were made, but, of course, they exist in those right. historical contexts. So anyways, um, the 80s, yeah. It's just one of yeah. those things, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those uh, decades we talk about our parents with a lot because, yeah. of the course, they lived with it. Um, our dad was mostly in his 30s yeah, in the 80s. Our mo- mom was a, kind of a teenager uh, during that time period. Uh, into her
3: 20s as well. Yeah, well, so. it's a very fascinating decade because... Blue you, Velvet's another movie I really for the Yeah, I okay. mean... Um, yeah. And that's kind of the dark side, I feel like. Yeah, because that's that, another 50s period. nostalgia. Well, I don't know if it's nostalgia or not, but it's another 50s indicative uh, piece of art. But, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's what's interesting about the 80s is it comes at a very... Not to get too old a uh, history teacher here, but, I mean, it's literally the last decade of the Cold War. Um, yeah. And... Like I said we had been so mired in Vietnam and in the seventies and all these scandal, corporate yeah. scandals and yeah. uh, Watergate, corporate soft money.
2: <laughs> if you heard in want the some Suriana. of that corporate soft money, some of that federal. And really, this
3: is all just a protractive way of telling you to go listen to the Syriana
2: podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: think.
3: Yeah. I want more money. I spend more money. Um. Yeah, but I mean, it, but ultimately, that we were so much more, and we were very much foreign policy focused. Uh. But especially, we were just more very much more domestic focus. It it was more than anything, the tune-in drop-out decade, really, yeah. because everybody was just walking around like zombies or something. I mean, it was like, mall, like I mean, malls. I mean, we're such a big thing a in the 70s uh, and 80s. and A lot of them you know. American
2: uh, decades are obsessed with money, but that's one of the biggest yeah. ones. I, I mean, Wall Street was a, yeah. uh, of <laughs> yeah. this decade. I Which mean, is I a movie, by the way, way that up. I have
3: no clue what it's talking about. No, clue. Love yeah. Oliver Stone, no clue what that movie's saying at all. I don't know if it totally knows um, anything. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it's a fascinating decade, and it's one that I have a lot of appreciation for, but also it was it was a terrible time. But
1: <laughs> anyway, um, um... So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'll only bring all
2: that up because, right. of course, Sixteen Candles and John Hughes are so enriched and in so, associated with yeah. this decade that I feel like it would be a good time to talk yeah. about all that. So
3: when was the first time you saw Sixteen Candles? Uh,
2: I saw it first time with you about two and a half years ago now, I guess. Uh, it was at Myrtle Beach... Uh, Nah, cherry I mean, grove
3: yeah. whoa uh, i watched <laughs> it then i believe yeah uh
2: and yeah th- this is only the second time i've seen it but i've seen good amount of clips of it on tv yeah. and i know it's, of its well, reputation it's pretty memorable
3: well. film um what yeah. about you yeah i saw it that first time when i was watching through a lot of them earlier that uh that spring it would have been that april of 2018 yeah um and i actually like i said i liked i actually liked pretty in pink i liked Enough. It it has its own issues that are kind of similar to some things in this, but it's still pretty good. And he didn't direct that movie. It was actually Howard Deutsch, I think, directed that, but he wrote it. Um, Weird Science, which is a movie that is really pretty, uh, you know, complicated and problematic, but uh, but it's just a fun movie. It's just a stupid movie. It's uh, it's not. It's so wacky that it kind of is just like whatever, you know. And then uh, I said, Saint Almost Fire was directed by. uh, Joel Schumacher that movie and he <laughs> didn't write that either
2: I mean No he, no yeah. but it,
3: but I'm just it's part of that whole Brat Pack yeah, thing right. but yeah that yeah so that is not a John Hughes product yeah. specifically but but that movie's so fascinating That's a, just such a weird movie but I actually like it but it it's it's weird but and then Uncle Buck which that movie just but like we Weird, said earlier, yeah. I mean, you know, Ferris Bueller and Breakfast Club yeah. exist on this whole other plane. And I those like are the ones I saw first, along with Home Alone, so I guess that says something about them that they're that great. But, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, um, it's kind of a it's kind of a tall order, actually, to talk about this movie, because it seems like a pretty nothing movie. But, yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on. Hopefully we tried to hit on all that. I don't
2: know. Yeah. But, all right, so we're going to take a brief break, and right after that, we'll be back with 16 Candles.
0: So, I mean, what's the story? I mean, you got a guy or? Yes, three big ones and they less went blood. Her name is Samantha Baker, and today is her 16th birthday. Reid, she's gotten her boobies. Oh, <laughs> I'd better go get my magnifying glass. They forgot my birthday. Classic. This is the single worst day of my entire life. Universal Pictures presents. <laughs> <16 laughs> <laughs> Score a direct hit. 16 candles. Brand my mother, too. The story of a girl who's stuck with a guy who's driving her crazy. Nice manners, babe. And stuck on a guy she's crazy about. Who's Jake? Jake Ryan. Jake's my boy. Jake is a senior, and he's beautiful and perfect. He doesn't even know you exist. He smiles at me, and I don't say anything. I can't believe I'm such a jerk. You quit feeling sorry for yourself. It's back your complexion you know Samantha Baker kids are looking at me a lot it's kind of cool the way she's always looking at me maybe she's retarded what's happening the hot stuff his name is long duck dong nothing could shock me anymore underpants can I buy you underpants for 10 minutes girls underpants <laughs> hate that rock and roll rubbish. Everybody in this family has just gone totally out of limits. You guys, you just gotta be cool. You just gotta chill out and just be cool. Just watch me. (laughs) Why you little scuzzbag. Unless you take Carolyn home. She's so blitz, she won't know the difference. Jake, I don't have a car. You can take mine. Get out of here before anything else terrible happens. She's stuck between a half very hot very hot and a heartbreaker. I want a serious girlfriend, somebody I can love, it's gonna love me back. Pretty intense, huh? Over. Everyone she knows is either on her case. You know you're the one I wanna bug, huh? Or out of their tree.
1: Mom eye
0: It only happens once in a lifetime. This has got to be a joke. And once. Is enough. Happy birthday, Samantha. This is getting good. 16 Candles.
2: And here we are. We're back. Uh, and I love the, how 80s that trailer was, by the way. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah. I mean... Great, yeah, you know, nothing to say about yeah, that. Yeah, want some burger with that cheese. Anyways, <laughs> um, so we're watching this on, uh, I guess, just the standard issue, yeah, Universal there, Blu-ray. This is
3: a Universal Blu-ray they put out that's a John Hughes Yearbook Collection, The Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. 16 Candles, and Weird Science. I wonder if they ordered that specifically, the brand recognition or the name recognition. Probably, because, because- 16 Candles came out and Weird Science, I think, both came out before The Breakfast Club, so uh where didn't weird science have like a animated show or something with it wait really i think so i don't know some, you know one thing i say weird about weird Legacy. science and i actually like weird science like i said one thing i like about that too it's got the oingo boingo theme song oingo mm-hmm. boingo is pretty
2: good you know? yeah actually recently uh i, I plan on slowly going through their albums yeah. I actually re- recently listened to their first album thought it was pretty good yeah uh it's not loaded. i think randomly though weird science had like a let me, I'll look, in, I'll look into that here in a
3: minute when uh, we get the movie going. But uh, uh, So as far as the rating goes, yeah. um, they didn't do ratings back then, really. It's just like, PG. Yeah, it's just which PG. Which very inexplicably... Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, because we were talking about how... Um, yeah, that like, Weird Science got PG-13, which actually makes sense. Breakfast Club's rated R. And that's just an R, because they're like... I mean, Bender Yell's... You know, yeah. blank you, and yeah, and, he, and he says something, at one and point just about mentioning trying out for a scholarship, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just mentioning Barry Manilow at that yeah. time was yeah. just like can't even do that, yeah. like uh, you gutless turd, yeah. Uh, but anyway, let me see if I can get this hang on. I'm gonna cause the universe these universal Blu-rays kind of strange, yeah. Let me uh, right. let me get it started here, and we'll let you know. Yeah. All right, so you want to count us down? Yeah, five, four.
2: Three, two, one. Play now. Here we are. Universal's just got yet us. Again, yeah. Universal. We're not in the pocket of Universal.
3: Is this in Chicago? Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, I wonder. Yeah, that's obviously another huge thing with John Hughes. All his movies taking
3: place in Chicago and/or the larger Chicago metropolitan area. I love the way this starts, it's like going to be really serious drama.
1: Like, yeah. yeah, it's
3: like nope. <laughs>
2: That font very, looks very similar to John Landis's yeah. font, which I forgot to mention earlier. Is very eighties filmmakers. I always yeah. usually think of him as well. We, all, we know all about him as far <laughs> as his
3: problems. We'll probably we'll be doing some of his yeah. movies eventually. Yeah. We won't leave you in suspense of what it'll be. It's going to be end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> his Stephen King face. Oh, there's another sister. I forgot. As uh, as we know very well with Home
2: Alone, there's a lot of just kids running around that you don't really distinguish yeah. them as characters in any way it's like oh they got a funny face or they got a hat or they got this like, shut up
3: Lenny I mean yeah
0: pick on someone your own
3: size. I mean it was the 80s heavy metal you know metal you know <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah
2: uh-huh Get my money <laughs> wow so yeah the very first scene in john <laughs> hughes film career was about that it was about mm-hmm. talking about women's menstrual cycles
3: has there ever been a more 80s room? i was
2: shocked to hear molly ringwald's again, a great piece for The New Yorker that she was actually about the age that she's playing, yeah. which is I very... I think she
3: was 15 yeah. when they made it. But, you yeah. know,
2: we're so used to now, people in their 20s or mid to late 20s yeah. sometimes playing teenagers. Yeah. You know? yeah, That also, obviously, adds to her authenticity in this, I think. Exactly the
3: same as I oh, she was just on the phone? Forgettable. No, I didn't expect... Of course, the soundtracks for his film. Do you remember your great. 16th yeah. birthday? No, I don't. I don't either guess i would have turned 16
2: in 2008 All shows,
1: they don't have any
2: sort of but i do really like the Abbott brothers song 16 in july which would not have
3: occurred to me until yeah. july
2: of the next year but anyways All right. check that out cool.
3: but yeah uh like i was gonna say i really like soundtracks for his movies because they're uh, not good not good, the be good, good. And, you, music, know, you know i feel like
2: four, girls 16th four, five, birthday is a bigger deal than guys yeah. i guess but Yeah, it's always the last place you look. Yeah, I got the Harry Potter room there. Why would his briefcase be in the closet where all these <laughs> fish, uh, you know, uh, fishing rods fell out of?
3: If only kids still talked on the phone. I mean, mean? I do gotta
2: say, you know. I know they got a lot going on with that girl getting married it is pretty bad they don't remember her birthday I mean yeah. that is pretty in a bad especially the 16th I mean and she can tell she's just sitting yeah. there like well
1: what about me
0: what
2: Mr. T, I'm sorry what? To Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> I pay the fool who married my ring Well, <laughs> like I pay the fool who wouldn't but right right yeah I mean Pee Wee Herman wants he's I Pee the Fool Don't Eat My Cereal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's a good movie. You can eat your carrots when you get home. That's it. You don't have anything else to say to me today? We'll probably talk about
2: this a later date, but I feel like uh Pee Wee Herman really set the standard for the uh the man child like yeah. persona. Like which, you know, is, is more extreme Cover version your ears, of everybody. You know. I <laughs> Oh Oh my god. PG I still blows my mind I didn't get away with that in a PG movie back then, I guess. Well, it was a different time. No, I guess it was. It was a different time, you know, in eighty four the events of Vinland were taking place. Yeah. <laughs> which would not be published until nineteen ninety, but anyway. I love that Paul Dooley. Hang down your head, Paul Dooley. There's uh, green converses.
3: Yeah. You can tell a lot about somebody from their shoes. As Forrest Gump taught You know, the philosopher, Forrest Gump. <laughs> the great southern philosopher. Right, we'll, we'll get to that one someday. Oh, God. Okay. All that hair. Yes, there was a Weird Science TV series. Yeah. As the Geek. (laughs) It ran from 94 to 98. I don't know why they were like 10 years too late on that one. Yeah.
2: It's like there's a Dumb and Dumber show, animated show.
3: Okay. The Beetlejuice. Yeah. The Mask. Jimmy Ivine. Yeah. Big uh, record producer. Mm hmm. D-O-A, DNA. <laughs> Sadly, I gotta say with this movie, as a Sonic Youth fan, they hadn't put out a lot of great music yet, but, you know. This school reminds me a lot Song of... Sonic Youth uh, kid out though? The school, Terminator. school uh, <laughs>
2: reminds me a lot of the one in... Uh... Blue velvet. Yeah, uh, it kind of looks is like it. Yeah. Wilmington, North Carolina, which I've, pa- I've
3: passed by many times. Kind of wish I would have done my student teaching there, just so I could say that. But oh well, I don't want to have to drive all the way down there to do that though.
1: Because
3: mm-hmm. it's out on Market Street, you had know, to drive away to get right there. If you cared all about my Wilmington lifestyle. Which determines my death style. As <laughs> Metallica, who sucks, taught us, you know.
2: Her friend's got such great 80s hair. Yeah. I
3: mean, she's a hero in this movie. Like, mm mm-hmm. Trans Am. gonna ignore that one I guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't know where to start have you
2: ever touched it
3: confidential like clearly Mm not (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what they write behind me when I substitute Yeah. yeah Good handwriting on that person who wrote all that yeah. stuff down. This is like a sex ed class or something. No, it, uh, that's something somebody wrote and there's passing it around. Oh, right, yeah.
2: right, 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 right. That's what. Yeah, I say confidential.
3: not to be confused with Jack Ryan yeah Jack Ryan Shatter Recruit was that the name of that show? I don't care but yeah (laughs) Uh, whatever
2: Uh, we live in a culture where John Krasinski keeps trying to get shoved down our throats so I mean
3: Yeah. -hmm. I'm guessing this supposed to be study hall. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I always forget there's a period in this movie before it goes off the rails. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Well,
2: everything seems like it's it's
3: alright Like, nope. Yeah, independent study. did you put your name on it? Hi. No, but it was really
0: embarrassing. I had to name my do it with if I ever did it. Jake
2: Ryan, Jake Ryan. He doesn't even know you exist. Thank you. That's a very nice thing to say. I'm sorry, but Jake Ryan, he's a senior and he's taken He's a senior. No. She's sixteen, I uh, She's going would be a and eh, it depends, it'd be a sophomore or a junior. I hope got yeah shit die. Probably a junior. But
0: do you
2: know Samantha Baker? Sophomore, right? Uh, sophomore, never mind. Yeah, what do you think <laughs> Nope. Never mind. <laughs>
3: Okay. Like, uh, Andrew Dice Clay or something. It looks like they're standing on something right there. Yeah. I guess that's because they are
2: on the ground. See, this is see. I've only seen this movie twice, so I'm just gonna get keep getting
3: shot down by things yeah. I
2: say, you know. Uh, so just get used to that with this one.
3: I think this is the third time I'm seeing it, which is kind of sad. I've seen it that many times, but... Meanwhile, there's a big uh, wrestling match going on in the yeah.
2: background. Holy crap. This is PG. Yeah. Parental guidance, I'd people. i about like, that, yeah. Good lord, like... There's something about Mar- this Mary. Where is it? My man. <laughs> Wouldn't you love that
3: guy's your bus driver? Yeah, frankly, look kind of like Michael Ironside or something. Yeah, John Cusack. like. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say, is kind of a, geek, a geeky type of man myself. What a ugly bunch of men!
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: okay.
2: Well, let me just say this: I think the geeky stereotype you see in a lot of these '80s movies probably wasn't even as accurate as it was at the time yeah. in terms of what real young men or t- young men, yeah. you know, boys were. Was probably even stereotyped, but it should be said it, it was even more of a avant garde almost alternative thing than it even is now. You yeah, know what I mean? Like to be a quote a geek, like right. or a nerd, like there's that really great essay uh, Patton Oswald wrote about that and uh if it was G Q or Rolling Stone look it up somewhere, I don't remember. Late two thousands he wrote that. Yeah. The geek. I mean the geek of all geeks here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean what a look. He's sporting. Even, I mean, he's a quote a geek, and like, he's a goofy acting guy. He's got great hair.
3: Yeah. That's why he's the king of the geeks. Yeah.
2: And, you know, we talked a lot about Molly Ringwald, and these are her movies especially. But, yeah. you know, Anthony Michael Hall is also somebody who's largely owes his career to yeah. these John Hughes movies. Uh, and of course, he's in this, he's in Breakfast Club, he's in Weird Science. I feel like he's, his most insufferable character is his Weird Science character. I'm yeah. I sure feel like compared yeah. to all these other ones. Well, I don't know, some of the things he does and says in this are pretty bad, I guess, yeah. subjectively, but, but I feel like him in Breakfast Club is him is his most, like... Sympathetic and empathetic.
3: Nice manners, babe.
2: Yeah, we'll get to that. We quote that all the time. Yeah.
3: That's that's the legacy of this movie in yeah. this in this house. Chuckles nervously. Yeah, I guess that's the only chuckle to give there. Uh, That
2: was the 80s right there. Chuckles nervously to that. More, I guess her and John Cusack are not brother and sister no, in this. They're just I don't totally don't so. even have any
3: scenes together. I guess, but not that I recall. Because that is just the most horrifying thing of all time. Like, okay, like, oh, that woman, yeah, in the airport in Home Alone, yeah and uh, she was in uh, she's got a whole
2: shoebox full of Aaron dang Leah ones.
3: that's not her husband in that but that guy in that movie he looks like Mark Twain he was also with her in Dennis the Menace Grandparents don't ever forget birthdays. You yeah. know? It's like that's the most unrealistic thing yeah. about this movie probably. Yeah, no, they never do. Yeah. (laughs) This guy. It's like Bob Hope's cousin or something.
2: (laughs) Bob Nope.
3: (laughs) What a loser.
2: I mean, that was... that crap was corny in 1984, so. Get my glass. <laughs> wow, what a weirdo. So
3: wow. Stop for pedestrians, please, Like. dicks Sammy Hagar oh god which is the one that can't drive 55 again There we go
2: (laughs) even just saying his name I got one They're just he's an exchange it and you say where he's from you yeah. know of they might not have told her but I would think they would have Burn the mattresses after he leaves I mean they're not so they said Chinese guy
3: that's what I had thought because but
2: you said he was Japanese right, right.
3: so there you go there's the problem right there yeah. you know <laughs> well he was I think of you know he's American but he was a Japanese, uh, Japanese American origin, right? yeah yeah I think his parents were interred. In I think it yeah. said that in that NPR article, so, I think. Yeah. Can't get a break. Oh, Lord. Oh, can you remember to turn off the stove yep.
2: All right. <laughs> what a D-bag. I
3: hope this kid spent a long time in detention. <laughs> That's the nicest thing I can say. This character is unsu- insufferable, I'm sorry. Only six months. So how long? Eddie Money told us, "I think I'm in love." Like, you know. I think I'm in love. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, let's, Eddie Money. let's just eighties out this episode. Well, I've said this before to you. I
2: know it's like, oh, there's this picture on the wall <laughs> It looks wall. like Jack
3: Nicholson or something. <laughs>
2: um, that uh, you know, I don't think I'm an awful lot, but Eddie Money is, I think, one of the better pop acts oh, of yeah. the era. Pretty you much. know,
3: like. I mean he got his two tickets but time.
2: so like okay how old's her sister supposed to be i don't know like early 20s maybe yeah like and okay so her fiance, who she's gonna marry is like anthony michael hall's dad <clears throat> or right or uncle what is it you know his dad right in uh or he just knows no, him I,
3: he's no he's
2: the uh janitor he? no no but ain't he related to him somehow or they know each other somehow I, I can't remember it. that maybe I'm making that up in my head no I think I am uh, but, but he seems like at least 10-15 years older than that yeah. and he's supposed to be well, maybe being this but maybe not
3: in this <laughs> really we get it do better actually Weird Science was released after the Breakfast Club by the way
0: clever Lorraine.
3: Reminds me of a uh, relative of ours. Yeah. <laughs> the way he laughs, specifically. He's quite a bit younger than him, but... Indeedy. Oh, helps with the laundry, because that's what they do. That's me to this whole movie. Though. Yeah. May I be excused? I have a dance to to. But we're in the middle of an audio commentary. Yeah, so. and, yeah. and unlike Sean Astin in the Goonies commentary, I will not be leaving for the yeah. rest of <laughs> the That movie also has some uh, Asian stereotypes with the... Uh, uh, data and yeah. that is as like, oh he's real good at technology and like uh, wow that
2: dj it was the 80s it was a different time back then
3: we have to remember that and repeat that often <laughs> yeah <laughs> well this is kind of funny where it's like they're making the kid go yeah he's always trying to get out like yeah. and that that's like a random thing that keeps coming up in the movie for some reason The Geek Squad. Is that the friggin' like Adam 12 theme or well, something? some cop show. Like, I can't like, remember, Let yeah. me look it up. You're probably screaming like, No, it's this. Like, why would I need to know what it is, frankly? But we're gonna find out right now. Dragnet. 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 That's right. Sophomore meat. That guy's a total creep yeah John Cusack, not the other kid <laughs> no just the other kid but you know John Cusack, kind of a weird fella
2: mm-hmm. played uh, Richard Nixon and Lee
3: Daniels the Butler. oh yeah yeah he uh, I think he was also in that the paper boy which I haven't seen but I've seen some of it um but yeah that um he was in uh, you know that love and mercy he was really good he' yeah, like the right. older. Yeah, uh, Brian Wilson. That movie's pretty good.
2: Yeah, obviously being John Malkovich. Oh, of course. Was, yeah, the best thing he was
3: been in. Con Air, of course. Oh, way up there. Yes. <laughs> Weeze, we. Uh, my my nickname is Weezer. Yeah. A la Weeze. I mean, <laughs> very disappointed in Weezer the band that they're not better. What about Weezy from uh, Toy Story Two. Are you disappointed in him?
2: Nah, he's all right. I okay, guess. cool. <laughs> All the TV show themes used in this already.
3: (laughs) Freak Christ, yeah. (laughs) Crank that sister. I mean he's putting himself out there, you know. You gotta respect that. The geek. That kid back there Those flipping it, uh, yeah. or no, just snapping.
2: Yeah. <laughs> She's on the verge of tears. Or yeah, because it's, a bit, it's maybe. so
3: disgusting. I mean, <laughs> that's the most eighty-sounding vocals ever. Like, what? <laughs> Gotta find out who that is. It sounds kinda like Oingo Boingo, actually. Let's find out. Nope. Might be Night Ranger. No, no, no. It is Oingo Boingo. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, I like Oingo Boingo pretty good. It's so weird, though, to grow up watching, like, Nightmare Before Christmas, and then hear yeah, right. Danny yeah, Elfman yeah. singing, and you're like, it's Jack Skellington, yeah. but like, you know, just. I bet you a dozen floppy disks. <laughs> Did you ever use floppy disks in school? Like when I was in kindergarten, we. He likes to reuse that yeah. a lot, I guess. Um. But uh. Floppy disk, floppy disks, yeah. We uh, also looked at we looked at floppy disk barely, and then we also were like, oh, like uh, encyclopedias, you know. And right. then the internet kind of exploded. That was like 2003, so yeah. like the internet just like exploded I remember in, after in that. My
2: but. elementary school years, we did use floppy disks here and there, yeah. but they were already on the
3: way out. That's this guy, yeah, the hero probably not actually but
2: I mean even Joan Cusack's getting down with the bracelet yeah on, like. no random big 80s movie neither of us have seen is Valley Girl which, yeah which uh, I need to and young Nick Cage Is like snot hanging out there? Yeah. that like part of the napkin or towel he had?
1: Hanging out? <laughs>
3: this is so weird that this is like. Uh. <laughs> The, that that is a whole relationship in this movie is just really perverse. Relax. You uh, you're dancing
0: with
3: a girl. Well, more like dancing at a girl. Yeah, yeah she wasn't <laughs> dancing with you.
1: I you know <laughs> must have been on drugs five minutes ago. <laughs>
2: That's the first thing. Yeah.
3: Imagine if this could have been Matt Dillon. Yeah. The movie wouldn't necessarily be better, but no. he would have been great in it. So, you know. he would have been a little older even at this yeah, point for that. Yeah, he would have. fire soundtrack like
2: what about she got a neck brace on her, i don't, don't know she. We said John Cusack, voice of a uh, Jesse Dahl from the Oh, that's right. Toy Story movies. <laughs> well, that we totally didn't yeah. need that, but I'm glad we yeah. did get it. Just because, why not? You know. That like guy in the background, look. This up. is the scene yeah. of the movie right here. You yeah. Know?
3: reaction yeah.
2: shot <laughs> <laughs> the decision we're going to go back to yeah they're like, like well
0: <laughs>
3: what is going on <laughs> Until that guy's thinking, I will knife you right now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Got a switchblade at the ready.
3: Switchblade, switch three twenty-seven. If you forgot about that, yeah, yeah,
2: snow day era.
3: The snow day era. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that can I get away, please, with half a car? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 do that. That fixes you. it
2: all. Yeah. Imagine the shop teacher comes in the next day and so.
1: What? <laughs>
3: <laughs> that she couldn't dance. Yeah.
2: She chose not to dance. You couldn't
3: dance. Another all-time song. Not really. I can dance! You know that song? Mm -hmm. No, thank you. (laughs) That and... Gonna see the show! It's a dynamo! (laughs) A lot of bad music's been made in this world, you know? Yeah. More bad than good. It's true. (laughs) Gotta get to... Now I gotta degrade the Beatles. Like... Uh, more, yeah. It's really been a shitty birthday for me. No offense, but I don't need a serenade right now. What's wrong? You didn't get anything good? I didn't get shit. I do even a happy birthday. My whole family just sort of blew it off. Sort of. No, they. Yeah. I'm sixteen. Everything should be platinum. I should be happy, right? My record is going to go diamond. Like, <laughs> she's gonna be on the next Psychedelic Furs record. Like. It's like, this ain't gross, it's just no, it's gross. Like, believe me. his reputation as a dude as a geek i've never bagged a babe I'm stuck. <laughs> bagged a babe like yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 not, not good at reading signals there or...
3: it's like a phone sound Sam. but iphone sound I'm Stevie Ray Vaughan playing in the
1: background.
2: <laughs> Almost every scene has has had music in yeah. the background.
3: Yeah, that's clear. <laughs> yeah, that's his problem. Fresh breath's my priority in life. Yeah. Like I think you need another one. <laughs> yeah. Pooser? You mean geek? You yeah. mean you're you're the geek. Yeah. Okay? Like farmer Ted. Before. Leader of the geeks. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, a lot can happen over a year. I mean, you can come back next fall as a completely normal
0: person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: All the 80s, like. <laughs> it's really crazy, it? Yeah. yeah, the reason that she wouldn't isn't because, uh, no. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you know, like. You love Jake?
0: Jake's my boy! I just talked to Jake in the gym. He asked me about it. Did not. He did too. He did
1: too? <laughs>
3: I also like to live dangerously. Yeah. <laughs> Suggest that you hit, sir. <laughs> Wait, um,
0: what? Do you know anything about floppy disks? Um, we'll talk about this in the bus, okay? Well, no, see, the thing is, i got kind of a problem. The floppy disks are pretty expensive, and see, the thing is, I made a bet with my friends. The, the dipshits, were, um, I bet them that I it with you.
3: Yeah, you don't have to like not yeah. do that. Ahead or you could of time. just, you know, yeah. not be a creep. I
2: don't know, geek like. It's kind of like Josh Hartnett. I just don't know. Yeah. Him. Another handsome, boring he's actor. A, oh, he's
3: he's grunge. He's got that plaid before it was cool. Like. Yeah. Well, flannel, but it's all plaid though. I mean, richest, most popular
2: adults in town. That's such a teenager thing to say. It's a that's your life. That's what you want. Well, I mean, rich. Okay, sure. Whatever. I guess a normal thing. But most popular. Still worrying about that. It's it's perfectly love.
3: normal. Like the 60s, the tune-in, drop-out age, like, love. Yeah. Hi, Jake, I'm Samantha. How's it going? You know, we watched uh, The Breakfast Club, rewatched it about a year ago because it was when COVID had kind of first started. Oh, right, yeah. Um, I want Ryan to just rewatch that soon yeah. again because I'm thinking about that movie now. I'm like, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep, <laughs> nope, you got
3: to go back in. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Who is this? Um I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know. By the I way, the see sixteen see candles uh, theme for this movie was by Stray Cats, who gave us Stray Cat Strut. So oh, there you go. It's all connected. I should, give me a what a just mm-hmm. disgust and desperate display. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you get to see a woman's underwear. Like, you could go to a store and do that, you know? Oh, this was worn, I guess, is the
2: whole sick thing of it. Wow. this is, yeah. He kicked that open. Nasty. (laughs) Yeah. Do better, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, off-road vibe. (laughs) <laughs> Majoring in partying, right? Yeah. Uh, it should be said, it seems like so far he's the most content person, I guess. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, he's you know, just like, like,
3: oh, whatever. Godfather theme? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like this very like, oh, we are criminals. Like, I don't think there are bigger fans of the Godfather than what the two of us right here. So, yeah. no, yeah, on this one, absolutely not. <laughs> um. <laughs> that guy's a psychopath. You yeah. can tell. I mean, you'd have to be, I guess. Cheers, right on.
2: I got years of this ahead of me. Like, <laughs> we just exchanged looks, by the way. Yeah. And <laughs> Of shame and or
3: disgust. I saw one of the songs on the called "Turning Japanese," so it's probably this one, or I don't know. Donger. All right, y'all ready for her to not be in the movie for like twenty or thirty minutes? Yeah. Like, yeah. The Lone Jockey. Very memorably
2: in uh, Home Alone. Yep. Who's going to clean up this mess?
3: This stuff happened before then, but I guess it's the 80s when you had the idea of the party. Like, Yeah. You know. Are they written on the wall? Yeah, it looks like it.
1: Or is wow. that the, uh, the Drake? Yeah. Wow.
3: By the way, if I've been a parent in the 80s, ain't no way I'm going out of town if I got a kid at home. Especially uh, if I know if I'm a character in a movie. Right. If I knew that, no chance. All right. Psh. Somebody, by the way, just yelled, Take it off. So. <laughs> <laughs> Long duck exclaiming. <laughs> uh. No, I gotta say, the John Cusack character being a, mo- a still kind of a, you know, offensive thing in the movie is probably my favorite, le- least offensive thing in the movie. Yeah. You know, it's actually kind of funny, but, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
3: still, uh. <laughs> uh.
2: Got a Cubs uh, pennant. a synchronicity too. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah I was, was gonna t- say. <laughs> Shit, tennis, my mom. I gotta get all. Change your frequency, okay?
0: Don't be such
2: a wimp. Why <laughs> <laughs> are walking in there with those on? Like,
3: come on now. Yeah, I mean, the geeks gotta keep them in check. Like.
2: Yeah, when he says oh, yeah. not to embarrass him, like...
3: Like, he doesn't walk around with it already, you but... know
2: Well, everybody already knows about him. Like, meanwhile,
3: this movie really is one of the best expressions of what the '80s was like. I think it's like all everything about it is just like, wow. There's a funny image of them, like, in a girl's bedroom yeah. with all that, like, girl stuff around. <laughs> Okay. This movie's PG. Yeah, I'm still trying to <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> That's kind of, that was kind
2: of funny. <laughs> geek, not the geek though. Nice.
3: We are five minutes, and I'm at a loss. <laughs> the music stopped for some yeah. reason. What? <laughs> Let's not even remark upon what yeah. we just witnessed. Like.
1: <laughs> you
3: know, I said earlier these movies are pretty, you know, benign, banal, whatever. They're randomly high stakes. Oh, yeah. Some of it is just like why.
2: A lot of threads going on right now, these grandparents. We got to... With and her no,
1: briefly.
0: You may not. i don't leave a message, sir. I want to leave a message for Sam. Give me that, O. Oh <laughs> <laughs> now you listen to me, Mister. God did not put me on this earth to be <sighs> awakened like by filthy suggestions from a foul mouthed hooligan like you. And as for our granddaughter, I'm sure she has more than
1: enough sense to stay clear of the likes of you. Now, good night and goodbye. And good good night luck. And good luck.
3: Yeah. <laughs> here she? Well, yeah. You guys didn't remember birthday or whatever. Yeah. You know, you could just open the door. Yeah. Because I'm sure he didn't lock it. Yeah, I don't I mean, think it'd like, be locked, but scalpel. I how big <laughs> those scissors are?
2: what is even going on here
3: <laughs> wow. wow party's over stanky cleanup thing wow. visa visa card yeah <laughs>
2: That's nothing... This is in real life, too, but people who have these parties at other people's house and the house gets wrecked and destroyed, like... How can you just leave and not help clean up? I, I know, I know yeah. that's obviously out the window, but it's just like... You know. It sounds like your dad here are complaining, I know, but... Uh, really, though, I mean...
3: We need so- we need somebody that's a bastion of responsibility yeah, yeah. in this world, like... It
2: ain't coming from 60Ks. <laughs> Pizza. Yeah, put that on the
3: vinyl. <laughs> we got forty minutes yeah. left, by the way. How, how are how we gonna spend it, I yeah. wonder. That's
2: what that's what Hughes thought was yeah. behind the you know, movie-ola, like editing it, like hmm. The movieola,
3: More like Johnny Ola. Johnny Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> quote Seriana yet again. Oh my God! I can't believe it. Is that a it. geek?
2: I see. It
3: said Ted panning. I wish it was geek panning. Yeah. We should. Have, I wish it would have said Farmer Ted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember our main character? Like, uh, what?
2: Well, at least somebody remember. Yeah. What's this dad been in? Uh,
3: um, oh, he looks familiar. I can't. Let's find out, baby. Baby. I think I know what it is. I mean, Paul Dooley. Has to do
0: with
3: a certain guy. I'm looking here. Slapshot, which I haven't seen. A wedding, which we haven't seen. That's actually um, a movie I
2: was thinking about with this. Just terms of oh, this wedding's kind of gonna yeah. happen in the background. Popeye,
3: but. Wimpy. Uh, yeah, maybe that. Strange brew. <laughs> Little shop of horrors. Director's cut only, though, on that one. Big trouble, which we haven't seen yet. He was Hal Roach in White Hot: The Mysterious Murder of Thelma Todd. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> the player as himself. Um.
1: So waiting, that's several Altman. Waiting stuff.
3: for Guffman. UFO abductee. <laughs> might be uh, Wimpy and Popeye, I'm thinking of. Are you ready? Yeah. Recess Christmas. Miracle on 3rd Street. Hank the Janitor, Mall Santa voice. <laughs> Insomnia. Then Insomnia, the uh, Nolan yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, the remake. Um, Cars as Sarge voice. Bedtime stories. We saw that. Yeah, I don't know. It's just different things, but... He got married this, in 1984. Probably because they're like, oh, yeah, like... Living 16, candles, 16 candles, candles money. Well, good for him, I guess. Yeah. You ever think about how Wham... Yeah. George Michaels like got an exclamation point. Wham So we'll give you less, and you'll be all right. Yeah, like uh, what? <laughs> I don't think that's exactly <laughs> no, what he's saying, but, but yeah, like yeah. part of the same family, so wouldn't you have the same issue? But
2: this actually is a sweet little scene. Yeah, a good little scene, imagine but...
3: imagine the movie it could have been. Yeah. You know, no, this is the best scene. Oh, never forget Harry Dean is the dad, in... um, pretty in pink. Pretty that's in part pink. of why that movie's good as it is, frankly, because oh, it's got <laughs> Harry
1: Dean. It.
2: Wasn't that line change? Yeah, because uh, it was, like, good. saying, oh, where's your underpants at? And it's like, yeah, no, like... Well, that, honestly, that makes more sense to say Any, oh, uh, what yeah. what was said. Yeah. Look how trash that is. New York, New York. Yeah. Right. Like.
3: What was that one? That salon article said something like it was comparing it to like a Midsummer Night's Dream yeah. and it said something about and that they're frogging through the forest and then or like they're walking through the forest and this they're walking through the Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well
3: that just makes you the idiot who ain't Makes eating. you the scumbag idiot. Yeah. SOB. Anything else? Yeah.
0: <laughs> huh?
3: Yeah, put it another way, please.
0: Oh, okay.
2: That's
0: a line right there. Yeah. not <laughs> cold. <laughs> mm, not good. What are you waiting for? I don't know. She's beautiful, she's built all there. just
2: <laughs> what? He's talking about, he could. Oh, I could violate her 10 different yeah. ways, and he's like, oh, she's totally insensitive. He's like, okay.
3: All this, t- like, New York, New York's in the background. Yeah. Why? <laughs> That's the big question of the movie.
2: Why? What a philosophizer he is.
0: two you sure. <gasps> <sighs> you know.
3: <but> yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, b pg at this time, I don't know why they just dropped,
1: they yeah. dropped the
3: MF in there. Might as well just have friggin' deep throat on the TV in the background at this point. I mean, Lord, like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> standards were slipping. That's for sure. You know, uh, uh, there was a, uh, that whole gag. There was a section in that Ringwald article. She talked about she had a conversation with this actress. Um, yeah. You, you know, um, and she kind of thought that the. What was her name again? Um, Havlon Morris. And she kind of was like, oh, I don't think it's that big of a deal, you know. And then, like, and she was kind of talking to her about it, about her, the way she was treated in the movie. Yeah. And now I think she said something about she thought more about it and kind of was like, yeah, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Like, but. But still was like, well, you know, whatever. But I'm just interested.
2: saying that, was she's complicit in some ways? Wow, was yeah. what she was saying like, are you ready for this moment? I think I am, but maybe not.
3: Hear I that? mean, did you hear that silence, by the way, of us just really taking I mean, in? truly, like, like,
2: you know, there's enough attempted or just bad comedy in this movie, it's like, yeah. that, you know, you could easily remove this character and it not do anything to the movie, it'd only yeah. make it better, because it's like, enough stuff, other stuff going on. You
3: always <laughs> look like a mannequin noise. Yeah who are they anyway those guys yeah. like oh you ruined our uh you ruined our beer pyramid yeah. like um I think you ruined your beer pyramid okay babe <laughs> this song awful <laughs> excuse, me. excuse me babe nice manners babe Yeah, what happened to her other friend, Molly Ringwald's friend, you know?
1: Just yeah. like, nope.
3: Oh, my God, I know
2: exactly what was I really a stunt driver yeah. look like.
3: really cuz uh, that wasn't what I was thinking breaking the fourth wall what the movie the cuz no, none of what that
2: What is that? <laughs> you know, I... So stupid.
3: You know what's funny is that he's the king of the geeks, yeah. but he's just a run-of-the-mill idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not even really a geek. He's just like, you know... Because the Mar do the Martians have two sexes like we do. I mean <laughs> As Mars Attacks once says. Mars Attacks once says Can't we all just get along? The answer may surprise you. <laughs> the answer is no. As Tex Richmond, Mr. Big Texas T yeah. once told us
2: Just don't know me who I keep... The guy who is not John Cusack looks like Sean Fantasy. I kept trying to think who he looks like. (laughs)
1: Okay, yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh, There's nothing predatory about this at all. uh, Again, sarcasm. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm such a legend. I want you guys to photograph her drunk here because that's totally normal and cool and yeah. like Isn't me compensating for anything? Remember, when this is about a girl who her family didn't remember sixteenth birthday. You yeah. remember that? I
3: think that happened at some point. And the movie's only an hour and a half. It's not like it's real long, and it adds a bunch of stuff. It's like, no, the bedrock of the movie is all on this crap, mostly like. <laughs> Me waking up and thinking this is all a bad dream. Yeah, it's it's all a bad movie.
0: Jenny's not in the shower. I wouldn't go in there if I were you. Grandpa Fred in there for a half an hour. It's totally clean. Get dressed. It's your nose. And never listen. What was he wearing? No, he's not retired.
3: big family moment oh, yeah. <laughs> what even is this movie like this movie's like a like a dog chasing <laughs> thing it's like what's going on like mm-hmm. yeah
2: What a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is he though?
0: No, he's not. I have to go this way and look
3: like Squeeze singles like <laughs> yeah yeah by this point Bowie we're really gonna use Bowie now like you gotta drag him into this I mean the soundtrack to the movie's good like you know what's you know what's funny about that though is I can listen to all that music on it's own yeah was cutting the song up like hell, too. but yeah. you, know. you know what's hilarious about this to me, too, is that, like, Long Duck Dong is still missing, and they're like, well, we gotta go to the wedding. Yeah. Worry about him later, I guess, like. LDD. M-I-A. LD2, like. mm mm-hmm. LD squared.
1: Oh, there he is. <laughs> There's like a beer there.
2: Imitating car crashing
3: is what the subtitles say. By the way, it's a shame we didn't get to see that that scene. Um. Yeah. Alright, we got 15 minutes. I think, I think we can make it, maybe. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, no, that's the other car. Yeah. Did it go into a lake, too? So he put on his overbite thing, like...
1: Farmer Ted.
3: Farmer Ted? You mean geek? Like Do you not remember your geek? The geek? They geek?
0: Yeah. Uh, bit, uh, do you know if, um, did I did I enjoy it?
2: that's meant to kind of play as like a oh that's she at least she enjoyed it moment you yeah. know it's like no that's sick yeah.
3: no ma'am anyways uh wedding <laughs> he's got a car.
2: Now, you again...
1: new style she's up right. here search
0: her around she? she got married what she had a church she got married
3: to Erik Borg <laughs> married 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 yeah married, <laughs> married? married. Yes. is that our last moment with the donger? i can't remember is it i think mm-hmm. so but Meanwhile, guess who? (laughs) Let me just say categorically that if anybody's been a jerk in this movie, it has not been Molly Ringwald. So. (laughs) I mean, she had nice manners, babe. I mean. Who the hell's the best man? Uh-huh. Some guy, Harold Ramis looking boob. Uh-huh. Think Harry Dean Stanton's in there somewhere. Mm uh-huh. hmm.
2: Uh, in the the suit right behind her if you're referring to if you're looking at it
3: audience if you're still watching this yeah (laughs) bdm Yeah
0: What
3: well, the novelization? Yeah, it was there one. I wonder. And did Sapphire write it? So then, in the novelization, did they say see the movie? Like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, it's
2: one page. I thought neither one was going to die. I'm like, well, yeah. no, you both will. I don't you but I'm covered,
3: okay? I don't Love the movie at this point. It's like, we need to care about this failed yeah. romance. Like, <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, I really played that, like, very yeah. straightforward and serious. Like, it's like, like we care about yeah. them. Like.
3: <laughs> Meanwhile. love well, they just totally wasted Brian Doyle, too. Yeah, you know? that's a sin. That's the biggest sin of the movie.
2: Yeah, of course we. You know we all love Bill Murray, but Brian Doyle yeah. Murray also a great Murray. I mean Joel Murray
3: himself. Yeah, great Murray. John Murray not as good. <laughs> Let's just say, no offense, John, but you were in parking violations. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> Is she gonna bring her a copy of the yet to be released Bob Woodward book Veil, vale, which we talked about last week. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of strain-wreck of a wedding. Yeah.
2: I always love somebody like, laughing with a cigarette in their mouth. Yeah. That's always a great image.
3: Yeah, we've been waiting. Yeah. What is that sound supposed to be? I don't know. Her like her wait. I don't. I don't get it. Like, I, what's the what's the insulting moment? Well, what's the insulting incident of that? Like, on, this but. is when it all changed. Yeah, but he's waiting there. What if it was Harry Dean Stanton and
1: yeah, said, like. I mean. <laughs> yeah, you.
3: Yeah, no more Long Duck Dong, I guess. Rest in peace, Long Duck Rest dog. in peace, Donger. <laughs> Is that the sequel to I Wish You Were Here? Or mm. Wish You Were Here? <laughs> We need more sequel songs. Like, <laughs> like the twi- twist again. I mean, like... Literally, like, this song was a hit. Let's do the same thing. Yeah. A
2: sequel. Like, You
3: got any suggestions for, like, songs do you like to see sequels to? No, I, uh, I don't know. I have to think about that. No, I, mean... I think we need a sequel to Creek. The yeah. Radiohead song, you know, not that I even like that, and I love Radiohead, don't really like that song. Well, like, but.
2: there's American Pie, I think, like, you know, American Three Day Coconut Cake would be <laughs> good, you know? Just like, uh, yeah, just to expand it a little right. bit, make it even longer, you know? Like, that song's like 24-minute song, it's three, because it's three layers, I Suppose it's just the eight yeah. minutes, like, you get three layers of the song. So she literally like gives her like the okay like oh my daughter's driving away with a guy like you know in a nice car. No, oh, and he looks rich, so I like that. Yeah, like I guess that. Well, I let her be her own woman. It's let like, it well, be. For one thing, she's 16 years old, so not quite a woman yet. Thanks for getting Thanks
1: for coming Thanks for coming over.
3: This shot is too good of a final shot in a movie, like, for yeah. a movie like this, you know? Like... Make like a
2: wish. We didn't get 17 Candles, so... Oh, it already came... She's got the real Turbo Man at home, like... It
3: really is a shame this movie has as good of an ending as it does to be as bad it as does, It does, but it like, feels so unearned. No, yeah, but, like, like, I'm saying the but, setup of the yeah, in, but, the ending itself, but, yeah, like... But even it's, it's like, okay, yeah.
2: but what do they have in right. common? they yeah. like, oh, they... They think the other one's hot or attractive. That's it. Which, for a lot of teen movies or a lot of romance yeah, movies, it's like that's, joke, right, that's those, enough yeah. no, no, of an yeah. excuse. But,
3: And I'm saying, even for that, the movie doesn't deserve it.
1: <laughs> you
2: yeah, know it like, so. there's, even Long Duck Dong gets more of a name than The Geek does in the credits. Like. Yeah. Mm. So, that's
3: that. We got through that. Any, uh... It's actually the Pardon worst the it's ever been. I've seen worse. it. So, yeah, like I think watching it like this, just like Raygun Geek yeah. One, Geek Girl Two, Raygun Geek. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a band name right Geek there. Two. Yeah. Why did not they put them to get? Oh, because yeah. it's all in order of yeah. Like, Tony Longo Jock. Oh, there's only one. Like. Yeah. Not good.
2: Stunts. Stunts, oh yeah, you know. Well, we know there's stunt drivers at some point. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like, just thinking about this as John Hughes' first yeah. film, like, he uses music really well. He knows how to frame a shot. I mean, like, he clearly has, there's some talent behind the camera. Yeah. Thankfully, the writing got more sensitive and more focused, I yeah. feel like. Because, again, as you said before, this movie like has as thin as it is a thread at the beginning and then really abandons Ringwald for a yeah. while in the middle there for no apparent reason just because it's like, Oh, she's going through girl
3: stuff, that's boring. We don't want to deal no, with they that, did, They almost. want to I be mean, Porky's in Animal House. I mean, yeah. that's what they want to do for the rest of the movie. I mean, yeah, and like I, something I was was to to say earlier about we were talking about where these movies stand of Like this one, of of it because it's so bad frankly but that with those other movies it's like yeah they're problematic and there's things about them that aren't good but like I keep thinking of what Ringwald said in that article you know about that he felt that or she felt that he always listened to her and really was like oh I want to know what you think about this or that and some things he took to heart other things he didn't Nina but, Rota, composed by a yeah. love theme from The Gotham. But ultimately, the movies mean so much because they, like I said, reflected, you know, teenagers in a way that they hadn't, and that they have meant as much as they have to people, you know. Right. Really mean something. But I think that the, most of his other movies actually are worth something. Yeah. So this is the only one that's like, no. You know, yeah. But. So if you're coming to this, and this is your first John Hughes for some reason... Just know, there's there's better movies out there, you know, but... Yeah. Um, and this photo play are fictitious. Photo, Yeah, photo play. How's this motion picture protected by anything? That's what I want to know.
2: So that was the 80s right there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. PG. So said PG, PG! Pausing yeah, it on the PG. that's another thing, too. PG, I don't understand that. I mean, PG-13 was in existence at this point, I believe.
3: Yeah, that. I think just barely. Um... And it should have been R. Well, that's the thing. Like like, it already it, it is looks...
2: pushing enough... Bam- like, You'd think they'd do just a little bit enough more to just get to R, but I guess it's like they knew the box office would be that Well, they higher. want
3: those teenagers yeah. to get it, so I'm surprised they let some stuff get by. I don't know. Yeah. But
2: Well, it, it, there's a history of the NPA not being as hard on the studio movies as they are the independent yeah. movies, so being something like the Universal, you know. So, yeah, not good.
3: No. Not good.
2: But... No. Anything else we want to say about <laughs> trying to Sixteen think. Candles don't have before much. we turn the page? Uh,
3: not really. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, so the movie, though, <laughs> next
2: week we're going to do uh, yet another really huge change of pace, yeah. uh, but thankfully a much better film in all, yeah. uh, every single uh, conceivable, conceivable way, way yeah. is from 1966 in one of our favorite filmmakers, John Frankenheimer, mm-hmm. Seconds. Um, and I know you are a huge disciple for this movie yeah. even before I had seen yeah. it, you had seen it before me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anything you want to maybe preview or set in motion to think about with seconds before we get well, to one next th- week?
3: I I suspect that most of our listeners probably haven't seen it. There's part of a reason for that.
2: Now, now, let I'll... me just first say, just yeah. to kind of get out of the way, it's a thriller from 1966 It's loosely part of, uh, Frankenheimer, did they call it like a paranoia trilogy? Something like that. It was the
3: last one of those that encompassed The Manchurian Candidate, Seven Days in May, and Seconds, which are all great movies. My least favorite of those is actually the most known of Manchurian Candidate, but that's also still a really good movie. But, um, yeah, but a lot of people have probably seen The Manchurian Candidate or aware of The Manchurian Candidate, um, but... This movie, I know Seconds particularly, was one of those movies that was well-known as being one of the best random movies that didn't have a good home video release for a long, long time, um, and that it was kind of hard to seek out and find, um, kind of in the 2000s especially. And the Criterion Collection finally put out a version of it back in like the early 2010s maybe, or something like that. Yeah. Um, it really is a flabbergasting movie. Um I guess one way to describe... And we won't describe necessarily what it's about other than that it is a thriller um, about class and... Um, aging. And aging and identity. Um, in, in, in the in same the way na- 16 Candles was. Yeah. <laughs> in the 1960s in the right. kind of paranoia age. Um, She's starring uh, Rock Hudson. Right, Rock Hudson. Um, Who himself sort as a sort of... A, served as a sort of cryptic
2: uh, avatar for yeah. a certain generation of movies. Uh, um Whether it be from, you know, Giant or uh, even those uh, Douglas Sirk movies.
3: Yeah. yeah. But what I'll say about Seconds is, um, and I'll say, first of all, if you haven't seen it, please do, Yeah. um, that I remember we, some years ago, had done this thing for Halloween when we wrote on our blogs more often, which is something we don't really do anymore. We compiled, uh, along with our cousin, Philip Bryant, um, who, shout out to him, we kind of compiled a Halloween, um, big Halloween kind of... Well, well, we talked about some of our favorite horror movies, but we also picked a movie that is a non-horror movie that we thought maybe is kind yeah. of the scariest non-horror movie that we can think of, and the one that I picked was Seconds. Now, it's actually arguable that it is a horror movie in yeah. some ways, but it's not explicitly one. Um, but And I had seen a lot of movies before this that had really shocked me, like stuff like Taxi Driver or... Um, you know some of the Tarantino films stuff that's really like oh wow this is yeah. something different you know I can't think of anything like Seconds that is just so out there so weird for that time period yeah that's the thing too um, and I think
2: uh, you wrote a separate blog about this I remember at some point that it's kind of a proto New Hollywood movie as well yeah. uh, now Frankenheimer he kind of preceded New Hollywood mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the talent but it certainly is very interestingly of its moment yeah. And particularly that, like, I think this is a very lost moment in our cultural memory of really the mid-60s, you know, because the 60s is fixated on kind of the early 60s, like the New Frontier, JFK as the young president, and then his assassination. Yeah. And then I feel like our cultural memory all of a sudden skips to, like, the late 60s. Um, like, you know, the craziness of 1968, Vietnam, the DNC yeah. uh, protests in 68. So, like, we kind of, I feel like we jump between, like, the assassination of Kennedy all the way to, like, 1968. And I think there's a very particular moment of cultural paranoia and obsession that a lot of Frankenheimer films, those Frankenheimer yeah. films of that period, really get to the heart of, and especially Seconds. Um, and it's almost very fitting that it kind of got forgotten and almost by the wayside. Thankfully, now it's a little more celebrated, yeah. has more of an audience. But it's a very easy film to kind of fall through the cracks because it's not being very, very loud about what it's no. saying, but it is saying some very specific, interesting things yeah. about the moment it's Well, and it's
3: had a legacy that it was a big inspiration for Mad Men. Um, yeah. but, yeah, I mean, the thing I'll say about it, because we don't want to talk too much about it because that's going to be its own episode, but, um... Yeah, I love it very much. It really is one of my... It's not maybe in like top 30 so many favorite movies necessarily, but it's really high up there for me. It really made an impression on me when I first saw it. Um, And it's a very dark, serious movie. There's not a whole lot that's funny about it. Um, There are certain things, but... uh, The one thing I'll say is that I don't know how much I'll have to say about it because I think it really speaks for itself as a movie, and we—I mean, we can talk about the '60s as a decade in movies is something we're very interested in talking about, actually. Um, but what I think, why I think that is that I don't have as much to say about it is that it is so striking um, yeah. of what it's about, but also just the the image of and the James Wan. How I believe was the DP yeah, on and I think that, that, that was well. one of his last. So many movies that yeah, because he he's one of the great classic um, Hollywood cinematographers, but. Yeah, I mean, so so if you're gonna really like, if you have been listening to these and not watching the movies, which I've heard some people are doing, and that's perfectly yeah. fine. I really do recommend you just yeah. watch Seconds because it's as the, as the image itself is mm-hmm. unlike anything I've ever seen. Most um, certainly. So <laughs> check that out. So like we had said with Syriana, 16 Candles, Seconds, all start with an S. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that links them. Yeah. But But um, anyway, yeah. I feel like
2: maybe Siriana and Seconds would kind of be a little more connected, right, but even but, that is very yeah. strange. But in the anyway, place. Um, so that's it for today. So this is Kyle. This is Levi. And we'll sign off right here, right now. Take care. God bless.